Welcome to Story Chats at Inspi Romance. I'm Elizabeth Madry and I'm here with my two co-hosts. I'm Narelle Atkins. And I'm Valerie Comer. Joining us today is Courtney Walsh. Hopefully you all see her if you're on YouTube. You see her down there. Well, she's in the bottom corner on my screen. She might be somewhere else on yours. I never know. It's always fun. Um, but <laughs> Courtney Walsh is a novelist, artist, theater director, and playwright. She writes small town romance and women's fiction while juggling the performing arts studio and youth theater she owns and runs with her husband. Her debut, A Sweet Haven Summer, hit the New York Times and USA Today ebook bestseller lists and was a Carol Award finalist in the debut author category. And her contemporary romance, Just Let Go, won the Carol Award in 2019. A creative at heart, Courtney has also written two craft books and several full-length musicals. She lives in Illinois with her husband and three children and a sometimes naughty Bernadoodle named Luna. So thank you, Courtney, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I have to ask before we dive into any of this, Bernadoodle, Okay, doodle I got. That's the poodle part. Yeah. The Berna is that Bernie's mountain dog? Bernie's mountain dog. Yeah. Is she big? Yeah. She looks she, she never big. looks big in Instagram, but she's, she's gotta definitely be. bigger than we thought she was gonna be. <laughs> okay. But not as big as uh, like there you can get a mini Bernadoodle, which is you oh. know this yeah. is size. And then you get our dog who is, I mean, she's probably I wanna say she was like 75 pounds. So okay. not giant, but yeah, but she's she's a big girl. And then, you know, you shave her when, when we take her to the groomer, they shave her. And then she looks like skinny. She's like a completely different dog. So, <laughs> but they get real fluffy. So yeah, she's pretty high maintenance actually. <laughs> we didn't know that when we got her, we were like, Oh, you're a lot of work. A black lab cross that also was supposed to be about half the size that he is. He's 120 pounds. We think oh we're not really sure. That's a big dog. That's a big dog. And he's almost 13. So he's really, really slowing down these days. And baby. baby, like literally baby fooding him along. Ah. Poor thing. Yeah, I know what it's like to say, oh, look, cute little puppy. It's only going to be so big. And then whoop. Yeah, yeah, it's a shocker. But I mean, I was never a dog person before, but now I'm like, I can't imagine not having her. She just most usually with the exception of this year, I'm home alone a lot. And so she just kind of keeps me company this year. I'm sort of like, you all need to go away <laughs> Get out of my space. <laughs> when you work from home, it's hard to, to adjust to, but you know, I mean, cause I worked from home before and then now everybody's home a lot. So it's been, it's been tricky. Yeah. But for everyone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you are visiting with us today because your latest book, Is It Any Wonder, released on Tuesday, April 6th, and it is subtitled A Nantucket Love Story. Your Christmas novella, A Match Made at Christmas, and your February of last year, 2020 release, If For Any Reason, all share a Nantucket love story as their subtitle. So are they in a series or are they... Um, Connected. They're like a series of standalones. Okay. Um, you could read them in any order. There is uh, my Christmas novella that I wrote just literally to have fun. And it, it was a care. I have a reader room on Facebook and I, I just kind of, I don't even know why I asked this question. I wanted to write a Christmas novella and I was like, if of any of my secondary characters, who do you want to see a story about? And I was shocked that so many people said this character from, if for any reason, he's the brother of the hero. And I was like, Oh, really? And <laughs> 
you know, it's just kind of surprising because I have my people that I just assumed that they would say. And so then I started thinking about it and I was like, oh, I think I could have fun with this. So <laughs> we ended up, um, I ended up jumping into that and um, had, had a blast. So they're connected, but not really. I mean, you really don't have to read them in any specific order. Um, you could pick up, is it any wonder and read it before if for any reason, it, it wouldn't matter. They're not the same characters. It's not like a continuing family okay. or anything. Excellent. Yeah. So they're tied together, sort of Nantucket plus you mm. might see other people, but it's not crazy critical. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not, there's no spoilers or anything if you read them out of order. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right. So um, Valerie actually has the next question. So we're going to let her talk. <laughs> I was really interested in the fact that you have this beach ocean island set um, series, I guess, mm -hmm. and you live in Illinois. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I get it because we live way inland, not as far as you do, but way inland. And I love the ocean and I miss the ocean like crazy these days. Um, yeah. So tell me about your ocean going. Where do well, you go and how, you know, what do you it's like? It's funny because a lot of my books are set in Michigan. Several of my books have been set in Michigan. And that, I, I so I lived in Illinois almost my whole life. We lived in Colorado for two years, but no, otherwise we've always lived in, what's that? No ocean there either. No, no. I don't know what my deal is. I don't live by an ocean, but um, we went to Michigan on a vacation and it feels like you're at an ocean. I mean, the beach and the lake is huge. And I was like, I can't believe I've lived here my whole life. And I never knew this was all here. And so I became really enamored with all those little cottage towns in Michigan and, and the whole thing. And so when I started brainstorming this series, I just sort of assumed I would set it in another one of those fictional towns. Well, we had just come back from a trip to Cape Cod and it was my second time being in Nantucket. And somebody said to me, somebody, I, I don't, I didn't even really know her very well at the time. She's like, why don't you set a book in one of those, in that beach place that you love so much? Because I think I had posted about it because it is really, I mean, when you're there, you're just, you can't help but be smitten with Nantucket. It's like everything, like, I mean, you feel like you're walking down a movie set or something. It's like, I can't believe places like this exist in real life. And so that, so as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? And so then that just got your brain going. And I, I mean, I have never lived by an ocean, but I mean, visiting, you know, it's so funny too, because I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, like really the beach isn't, particularly romantic. I mean, there's sand and sand gets everywhere. <laughs> so I sort of feel like when you're writing a be a story that's set like in a beach town, you just pretend the sand isn't there. <laughs> you pretend it didn't, you didn't bring buckets of it home with you and you have to, you know, shower outside because it's so bad. But I, I just, I love everything about that Island and being there. And I mean, it's so cute and charming and the cobblestone streets. I mean, that's like I don't know if I've ever seen those anywhere else in the world before. I mean, I'm not well-traveled, but so <laughs> I was very smitten with it because of that. It just was, it was the coolest place. And it's got a really cool history. And then, you know, all the little cottages with the cedar shingles and the big hydrangea bushes, and you can't help but fall in love with it. <laughs> so, I know what you mean oh about, uh, about Lake Michigan, because um, I have a sister who lives in Racine, Wisconsin. Oh, okay. I go visit them and we go to the beach and it looks, you can't see across it, right? So it, it has the big waves and it looks like the ocean, but it doesn't smell like the ocean. 
And some people might consider that a bonus. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny you say that. When we were in Cape Cod, I was like, is this the salt air everyone's talking about? Because all I smell is fish. And you know, you'd go into the grocery store and the whole grocery store would smell like fish. And I don't like fish. So I was like, what is happening here? But yeah, my, my family that like two of the people in my family love to eat fresh seafood. So they were, they loved it, but yeah, it was a little interesting in that respect. It's funny you say that. <laughs> Cause when we, when we head to the ocean, usually it's through British Columbia and then we pull in at the ferry landing in Vancouver to go across to Vancouver Island and we're getting close and we're rolling down those windows for that first whiff of the air. Yeah. My husband was raised on the coast. So uh, that's what he will always do. It smells like home, you know, if you're used to it. I'm sure that's what it's like. But yeah, I love that. Here it's more like um, cornfields and cow manure. Because I live in Illinois. <laughs> that's what we get a lot. <laughs> yeah, same. We're, we're on the farm here in, yeah. in Eastern British Columbia. So you opened up your story with a riptide accident, a paddleboard. Is, have you done much paddleboarding? Have you played around with this on the ocean? Or how did you do your research? Oh my goodness. Well, I watched a lot of videos. If, if I were to actually get on a paddleboard, I, I would be dead now. Like, I, I mean, there's no, I am the least, I wouldn't say I'm completely uncoordinated, but I'm the person who sprained her ankle falling out of bed. Like that's literally <laughs> me. So we were talking about going on vacation and I was like, oh, you know, they have parasailing and stuff. And I'm telling my husband, I'm like, you guys can go do that. And I'll stay back and read. I mean, that's like that. So, I mean, anytime I put anything adventurous in my stories, I'm going to have to rely on my sister's been paddleboarding. So I did talk to her about it. And then um, watching, I watched a couple of videos, like how to get up on a paddleboard. <laughs> I'm, I'm like watching everything they're doing. And I'm like, yeah, no, I still couldn't do that. I'm pretty sure I'd be like on my belly, like a kickboard I could do. But I mean, to get up on top of it and stand that's not going to happen. That's just not, that's not a thing. <laughs> and so I find it interesting that I think you're talking in the story a lot about overcoming fear. So I think maybe, maybe next time you ought to give it a try. <laughs> that's mean. That's mean of you. No, I'm kidding. Oh yeah. I mean, I have, I, I think that's probably autobiographical because I have a long list of fears. So, it, I mean, I, I think I'm probably more fearful than most people. So, but I mean, I can ride a roller coaster, but there's other things that you, you know, I get a lot of anxiety about. So, yeah, it's, it felt like a universal thing, but yeah, I still don't want to do it. In the ocean, I could never, like, and there's things in the ocean, like, whales and sharks and things. And actually off of the coast of Nantucket, I think it was, I don't remember if it was last summer or the summer before, but they had a lot of great white sightings. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like that's terrifying to me. So yeah, no, the ocean's scary. (laughs) So this wouldn't be the time to tell you that I've actually been swimming in Sydney Harbour and probably Oh, 20 feet away, there's been some grainer sharks that we noticed. Oh my goodness. And what did you, you just swam <laughs> along beside them or you did you like well we exited the water as soon as my <laughs> husband noticed it. We're like, oh, we're heading. And we went very far out. We were probably um just beyond being able to stand 
on the sand. So we're a little bit out. So yeah. we just very discreetly disappeared and left the sharks to do their thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be terrified. I can't even handle like seeing a mouse. So let alone <laughs> something that could actually kill me. <laughs> My yeah, no, when I, yeah. My yeah. When I was reading, yeah. No, when I was reading your first chapter, um, I, I was wondering if you've ever had a new drowning experience at all, just out no, of curiosity. I haven't, it, it, which I actually, in my, one of my Sweet Haven books, there's another, it's, it's another drowning incident, um, but I haven't. I do think that's a big fear though. Like we, where my parents live, um, there's a river and you have to drive, like to, from, to get from my house to their house, you have to drive like right along the river. And sometimes when I'm driving that in the winter, I'm thinking it would be so easy for me to just slide right off the road into the river. And then what would I do? And then, you know, so it's a, it's one of those things that I think if I let, and I mean, we're writers, so we have big imaginations and that's great. And also not great because I think I can talk myself into like, I mean, I can, you can feel all of those emotions of what that would be like, but thankfully, no, I never have. And my mom is not a swimmer. And so she put us in swim lessons really, really early. I mean, I had swim lessons my whole, so it's not like I don't know how to swim, but an ocean's a whole different beast, I think, than a swimming pool, you know. But thankfully, no, I've not had that experience. Okay, so um, I've um, I must I'll tell you now. I've read both books, um, if for any reason, and is it any wonder? And enjoyed both of them. And with the title for "Is It Any Wonder," what was the inspiration for that? Because there's actually a song that immediately goes into my head as soon as I hear that line. Oh, really? So I was wondering. What is now song? you have to sing it, Narelle. Oh, gosh, no, no, no. We will never have any listeners ever again on this podcast if I sing, trust me. <laughs> no, um, there's a song by Dragon, a New Zealand um, band called Rain. It's an 80s song. Okay. And as soon as I see Is It Any Wonder, my brain goes, the streets are dark. And then off my brain goes thinking about that song. So I just wondered if there was a connection there. No, um, that the not. It actually, originally when I thought of the title, it, it just sort of popped into my head one day and I was, I, I, but it was, I think I wanted to call it in case you ever wonder or something like that. And so then as we were kind of taught, which I feel like might be a book title of like a nonfiction book or something like a Max Lucado book or something. So I don't know if that's, or maybe it's a children's book. I don't know if it was like in my head because of that. And so we started kicking around ideas that were kind of around that. And then, then we landed on, um, is it any wonder? But I don't really know how I got there. I mean, it was one of those things. I feel like a lot of times with the title, it's like, sometimes it's just like, oh, it's the pilot story. <laughs> I, I don't know what the name of that is yet. And other times like with Just Look Up, I was like, I had, I knew the title before I knew the story. So it's kind of funny how that they kind of, you know, sometimes they come yeah. to you and you're like, yep, that's it. That's what I want it to be. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas, um, if for any reason was a very clever title, in, I think oh. in terms of how it tied into the book, mm -hmm. as well. So in terms of the series, when I was when I was looking at the books, because I'll always look to see if there's common characters in series. Yeah. Um, but what I did pick up is a commonality in themes. So if we particularly talk about the two books rather than the novella. Um, there were strong themes of forgiveness and second chances and the hero and heroines in both books were childhood friends that were separated by tragedy. So did you want to give us a bit more detail in terms of um, the reader takeaways from the book and where yeah. your ideas came from? 
Yeah, I think I think if you looked at every single one of my novels, there would be a theme of forgiveness in all of them. And I think that's because it's such a universal thing. I mean, that is, and, and because I think it's really hard. I think it's easy to say, oh, you just have to forgive. And you make it sound like it's no big deal. But I think every single person probably has to forgive somebody who isn't sorry. <laughs> and that's really hard. You know, it's really hard. I, I read a quote once. It was like, learn to accept the apology you never, the apology you never got. Mm -hmm. And I thought that, I mean, we've, we all have that in our life where there's things and there's people who don't feel like they wronged you in any way and they've devastatingly hurt you. And so you have to realize, I think when I was younger, it was really easy to think, well, fine, then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna forgive you, you know, as if that was gonna hurt them in some way. They don't even know. And it, it's taken me a long time to just be like, that's a forget, first of all, forgiveness is a process. And I don't think that's taught very well. I think a lot of times it's just sort of like you just have to forgive. And nobody tells you how to do it. <laughs> You're just sort of yeah. like, okay, but what does that mean? And I think you, you, you have to know that it's okay to be working on that. And I really try not to wrap my stories up at the end with like a pretty red bow. I mean, there's some things that are going to get resolved and there's other things where it may not work out the way that we want it to, because that's life. I mean, that's the way that life goes. And so the theme of forgiveness, I think, I, I can't imagine ever writing a story where it doesn't come into in some way. And I also really love the idea of second chances because we all mess up. And like, just to know, I think that's one of the things that breaks my heart is thinking that somebody would think they've messed up too much to come back from it. And so I really think it's important to show that second chances, third chances, fourth chances, I mean, we all need them to give them and to be receivers of that. So those are, those are really, really important themes, um, to me. Yeah. So I think those, and then the, the other theme that I think, um, comes up a lot in what I write is identity and just knowing who you are and being for, for who you are being loved for who you are and not for all the things you can do, because I think that's, it's really easy to go, oh, well, they like me because I'm smart or they like me because I can do this or, you know, I can help them in some way or whatever. And just, it's rare to find acceptance just because you're the, per you're a person. And I think that's really important. And I think that's, that's biblical. You know, I think that's, if you can learn that on a, on like a personal level, you can learn that I think God just loves you for who you are. You can't, you know, work your way <laughs> into making him love you more, you know, even though I think for a long time, that's what I was trying to do. So yeah, those are, I think those are themes that matter a lot to me. Yeah, definitely. And the other character I really enjoyed in, um, is it any wonder is Maggie, um, the old family friend who yeah. was, yeah. Did you have a person in mind when you were thinking of her in terms of putting her in the story? Not, not a specific person, just kind of a type of a person. And I, I really love to write characters that are different generations. I really think, and this is so funny. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble with my kids for saying this, but you know how like the younger generation will be like, okay, boomer. I have <laughs> such a hard time with that. I'm not even a boomer. That's not my generation. But one of the things that bothers me is not being respectful of the generation that came before and the generation that came before, because you can learn so much. And so it's really easy for young people to, and even my age to look at people who are older and go, oh, you're so out of touch. But I mean, there's such wisdom 
in an older person who's lived more life than you. And so I really like to put those characters in with my characters that are still figuring, we're all still figuring things out, but our younger characters, because I think we need each other. And I think it's important to do that. So, but I always like to kind of give them a little bit more of a personality. And there's sometimes my favorite characters to write are the older people, because I feel like when you get to be a certain age, you stop caring. And you start saying whatever you think. And I just, first of all, want to get to that age. And second of all, I love that when people can just speak their minds, I think because it's just something that I struggle with. So it's fun to write a character who doesn't care what people think. They just say what they, they say what they know. And that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. On that. Definitely. So I- I wrote a a grandmotherly figure. She's been in my series for a while and she spouted something off and and the the point of view character, her grandchild is like, oh, is, you know, she actually thinking before she speaks, that would be a first, you know? (laughs) But I mean, it's so much more fun when people don't. (laughs) I'm sitting here thinking I hit that age where I stopped caring what people thought when I spoke about 14 maybe I don't know I don't do well with thinking before I speak I'm jealous I'm I'm like I think because partly because I'm an Enneagram six so I will like sit there and overanalyze every single thing before I even and then even after I've said it I'll go back and be like oh I wonder if they thought this or did that come out right or you know it's just that whole like going over it again and again in your head and that's that's a curse I think (laughs) not a good one definitely and I have one more question before we uh, move to Beth asking a few questions um and I'll go back to um if for any reason um what was your inspiration for the letter the letters that Emily's mother wrote to her I just love that element of the story I thought that was very unique and I have a daughter so I could really relate to that as well Well, it's funny because I spent a lot of time in the scrapbooking industry. That's really where I started. I mean, when I, my kids were little and I I like to write stories, but I wasn't writing fiction. So I would write our stories and I would mix it with, I love art and I love, you know, I, I was never great with photography, but like, I wanted to keep our memories. And so I would do that. And, um, one of the companies that I worked for had a contest every year and they would do, it was like mini albums. Um, and so whoever had the you know best mini album that meant the most or whatever. And one year, and I put this in the book because I was like, I want to make sure that she gets the credit for this. Um, one year, this scrapbooker that I knew that was, I was on a design team with, um, did that. She wrote a book or she had a little mini album and it was, if for any reason, and it was any if there was anything that happened to her that kept her from being able to be with her daughters on certain milestones, she wanted them to have something like a letter to open. Mm -hmm. And it was so weird because, I mean, it's been years since that, like year, probably 10 or 12 years since I first was introduced to that. And so then all of a sudden it like popped into my head one day. And I don't know what it was. And my daughter was going through a rough time at the time she was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And so we were kind of walking through all of that as I was writing that book. And I don't know if it was that or what, but just, it just all came back to me and I could not stop thinking about it. And I I tried to find her to make sure, you know, to tell her like, Hey, I want to write this. And I couldn't find her, which is crazy online. You, You think you'd be able to find somebody, but Um, I just love that idea. And I think, I think there's a lot of things about scrapbooking that, I mean, scrapbooking got kind of a bad rap there for a while, but you know, it, the, there are things about 
keeping memories and preserving legacies and things that are still like really important to me. So I think that's kind of where the whole idea came from being able to do that and leave something behind, you know? Cool. Yeah. That's great. Mm. All right. So, um, in your blurb for, is it any wonder, um, they talk about a golden birthday. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I will admit I had to Google it because I was no, like, yeah, I've had other I, people say that too. I initially, I was like, they're 50. This is great. They're older characters. Cause I figured <laughs> you're like golden anniversary is like your 50th. So I'm like, sweet old, but no, that's not what this is. So tell us about golden birthdays. We'll save people the trouble of Googling. Um, and then like, is that something that you have celebrated or that you, where, where did this come from? Um, well, is that you- big for you? <laughs> It's not, it's not okay. a big thing for, for us and our family. I'm not really even sure. I thought everyone knew what it was. <laughs> so I've had a couple other people that are like, what is that? And I'm like, what? You don't know. And, and we, we also, my kids will be like, Hey, today's my half birthday. And so we'll kind of like half celebrate. Sure. But, um, as far as golden birthdays, you know, like, so I was born on December 18th. So when I was 18, that was my golden birthday. And I, I don't really even know why I know that or how it came up or like, it's just always been a thing that we've just always known. And, you know, it's just kind of like a little, like nobody ever did it. Like my 18th birthday was just my 18th birthday. It wasn't like some big thing, but I still think it makes it just a tiny bit more special. And so I've heard other parents that have said, oh my goodness, today's her 11th birthday and it's her golden birthday and we're in lockdown or whatever, you know, (laughs) so we've had conversations. So I know some people do kind of make a thing out of it and make it like a little more special than the regular birthday. But I just thought it would be a little, um, for people to make a pact, you know, I wanted it to be a little more meaningful. So I add, I added that into their, um, into their backstory. That's super fun. And there's this the 30th, I believe, right? Also, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And so went that- back and forth a few times. And I'm sure. like, wait, you know, we'll do a month <laughs> no. can't be more than 31. So. <laughs> but that makes it fun too, because 30 is a big birthday mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so it's just doubly special. That's really cool. Um, it's, it's super fun. I, when I, when I finally did Google and figure out what it was, I went through my whole family and I'm like, darn it, we've missed them all. <laughs> No fun golden birthdays for any of us. No my, my daughter's is her is the 31st. She's March 31st. So she's still good. But yeah, the, well, actually my other son, none of them have had them. My one son is the 19th. My other son is the 28th and my daughter's the 31st. So maybe now we'll celebrate them. Yeah, you should. Now you kind of have to. You wrote it into a book. That's yeah. Yeah. That's super fun. Um, I think that probably wraps up everything um, book-wise that we wanted to talk about, but we did um, we did have a little bit of fun that we wanted to have before we were completely done. Okay. Um, and so That's this wasn't in the notes that we sent you. So it's totally. Yeah. I didn't get any more notes than this. So um, <laughs> we're, we're going to put you on the spot with some this or that. Okay. And so you just have to choose this. You can justify your answer if you feel like you want to, but you do okay. not have to. You can just tell us. Well, you remember I said I'm super indecisive, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so I'm going to start off with, uh, I think probably I know your answer if your Instagram stories are an accurate representation of how you think. 
So. Okay, they usually are. Okay, good. Phew. All right. So, um, so my this or that is going to be rom com or drama. Oh, rom com. Okay, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) Especially this last year. I don't know if you guys are like this, but like anything even remotely emotional, I was like, nope. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. And I watched everything happy. That was all I cared about. I was like, I read happy books and I watched happy movies, and that was it. (laughs) Yep, Yep, totally. Um, Valerie, did you have a this or that? Yes, I do have this or that. Okay. One, one this or that. are such a small sport. She waggled her finger at you. I did. I waggled my <laughs> finger at you one. <laughs> so what's your hero? Tech guru or Coast Guard? Coast Guard. It's funny what <laughs> I did there, right? I mean because <laughs> I know you've got both. So I had I was <laughs> I don't know because you're talking you're talking about one of my favorite other heroes. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would say Coast Guard, like from a perspective of like getting like other, I think other people might be more drawn to that. But I mean, for me personally, like my husband's kind of like the he was like the band nerd. And I mean, I gotta say, I always tell so we work with a lot of teenagers, and I always tell those girls, the nerdy boys are the best boys. They're the sweetest. They're the nicest. And I'm using nerdy in quotes. I'm not trying to be mean. Like nope. my husband and I joke about it because he's like, you know, I was the nerd and I'm like, he's the best. So can I just make them equal for different <laughs> reasons? You must. I knew I was being sneaky on that one. <laughs> that was me too. <laughs> All right, Norelle, did you have one? Oh, I do because um, well, I'm thinking about coffee. We won't talk about how early it is in the morning when we're filming at the moment. And so um, from your book, in terms if you're going to have a latte, would you have um, dairy in the latte or would you have coconut milk? I would have coconut milk. I am allergic to dairy. So, which is sad because especially when it comes to like ice cream, I can't have any of that. So there's definitely things that I miss, but coconut milk is good. So it is good. It's a lot better than it used to be. <laughs> yeah. So it's, yeah. It's gotten better as it's gotten more popular. For it sure. has, for sure. <laughs> so has gluten-free. Gluten-free stuff used to be disgusting, but it's not so bad anymore. Yay. Yeah, because that was something completely foreign to me. I think of pain and coladas when I think oh, of coconut really? milk. Oh yeah I'll, but I mean I like um dairy so I always have dairy in my lattes but I, yeah. I read that and I thought coconut milk stevia coffee I'm thinking that's super sweet and yeah. I can have a straight espresso with no dairy at all so oh um, <laughs> hardcore. Yeah, I don't know that I duck no <laughs> no cool um Looking at our time, we probably ought to wrap up. So thank you for being with us today. Can you tell everyone where to find you and your books and whatever else, where, where you want people stalking you online? For sure. Um, so my website is CourtneyWalshWrites.com. Um, but the place I probably spend most of my time is on Instagram. That's my favorite um, social media. I do have a reader room on Facebook. I think you can find everything on Courtney Walsh Writes. My Instagram is just Courtney Walsh. And um, I feel like I make real friends on Instagram. So that's my favorite place. That's, that's the one I would say is the best. 
Excellent. Yeah. I follow you on Instagram and I always have a lot of fun and you reply to my messages too, which is fun. I appreciate it. No, that. well, you got, I didn't know that you guys were the ones that were, she, I didn't get any names. Oh. So <laughs> the one I popped up, I was like, I know you guys. Hey. <laughs> and I don't get out much. So <laughs> this has been really nice. This has been super fun. Yeah, um, yes. All right. Well, we wish you the best with your new book. I hope it does fantastically. Um, I'm sure it will because it's a great story. Thank so you. Um, thank you everyone who's joined us for joining us at Story Chats. You can find information about the podcast at inspiromance.com slash story chats. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And we'll see you next week. Meanwhile, don't forget to fall in love with a good book. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, guys.